0: What's your story? It's a question that opens the door to the story you want to tell. In contrast to a resume review, list of race results, or accomplishments of note, it provides you the freedom to reveal the elements of your life that color your canvas of time. It's my favorite question to ask soon-to-be friends at parties or networking events, and it's a close cousin to the clear personal vision we discussed a few weeks back. Today, one of the world's foremost weavers of life stories James Bob Haggerty will join us to share why writing your story can be so powerful, both for ourselves and our loved ones. Welcome to the latest episode of the Catalyst 360 podcast, your trusted resource for the best in engaging, evidence-based health, wellness, and performance insights. I'm your host, Dr. Brad Cooper of Catalyst Coaching 360, and today's guest, James Bob Haggerty, has been a reporter and editor for more than 40 years and is the Wall Street Journal's only full-time obituary writer. His article, An Obituary Writer Writes One for Himself, drew an outpouring of reader responses, which then inspired his intriguing new book titled Yours Truly, An Obituary Writer's Guide to Writing Your Story. Speaking of stories, if you're an employer, EAP, or wellness company considering the integration of coaching, you'll be encouraged to learn more about the story we're rewriting at Catalyst Coaching 360 as we enter our 17th year as a leader in the world of health and wellness. Please reach out to us for details about how you can easily and affordably integrate best-in-class coaching into your services or your benefits. And if you're an individual looking to earn your MBHWC-approved coach certification, we have all the resources you could ever need. Either way, please reach out to us at your convenience. Results at Institute.com or 720-339-4292. That's results at com or 720-339. Four two nine two. Now it's time to write our story alongside one of the best in the business, the Wall Street Journal's own Bob Haggerty on the latest episode of the Catalyst 360 podcast. Bob Haggerty, it is a pleasure to have you join us, columnist for Wall Street Journal, the obituary writer for years, such a unique approach to this idea of storytelling. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much you noted
0: an attempt to answer three things when you write someone's obituary. I thought this might be interesting for folks. They're basically, number one, what were they trying to do? Number two, why? And number three, how did it work out? Is that the approach you've always used? Was that your, your entry-level spot? Or is that something you've come across over time? Walk us through that process and how you landed on that.
1: You know, I, I started writing obituaries seven years ago, and I really didn't have any particular idea how to do it. Uh, but that just sort of came to me. I'm always curious about why people did things and how they did them. Uh, and these are questions that are rarely addressed in obituaries. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, you get a lot of, he did this, he did this, he did this. And then you get some quotes from uh, people, you know, saying what a wonderful person he was, how devoted to family, et cetera. Uh, But you don't really get any sense of uh, the personality or what this person was up to in life.
0: Especially the people you're writing about for the Wall Street Journal.
1: I think it goes for anybody, really. Um, You know, a lot of people are thinking about how to record their own stories, how to write their own stories. And I think those are some of the essential questions to ask.
0: The curious word you use there, it seems like that would be a critical aspect to your profession as a whole, but also absolutely to the approach you're taking to obituaries. Is, is that something you've always had as part of your life? Is you, have you always been this curious person that wanted to dig one level deeper?
1: I've always been interested in how things got to be the way they are. Uh, and in journalism, so often the emphasis is on just what happened today and what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, but I really want to know, how did we get to where we are today? Uh, and how could we avoid that next time?
0: It's interesting, your, your story, uh, as I was preparing for this, your story, you mentioned you've been doing the, the obituaries full-time for seven years. Walk us through that. I, I know the story, but I think our listeners would be curious about, essentially, you just raised your hand and said, I'm in. Had that been something you've been pondering for a while? What was the genesis of something, I don't want to say dramatic, but it was a big change for you?
1: Yeah, well, it was when I started my career 45 years ago. If somebody had told me I was going to be an obituary writer, I would have I thought it was terrible because obituaries were what you gave to the the new recruits who couldn't do anything else, or what you gave to the tired old workers who uh, didn't want to go out and chase news anymore. And most obituaries were really dull, so that was the last thing I was interested in. In the a couple of times I was based in the UK in uh, the 80s, and again in 2000, 2003, and I noticed when I was reading the British papers, I'd find myself reading obituaries of people I'd never heard of, mm. and I found it very interesting, mm. and that was because the British papers, before American papers really, discovered that there are good stories to be told about people who have died, you know, the death is just a pretext for telling a story about the life, it's not about death, uh, and they, you know, they treat an obituary like a sports story or a crime story, something mm. of human interest. And so I got thinking, yeah, this would be fun to write these. Um, and so I started thinking about that more than 20 years ago. And when the topic came up at the Wall Street Journal, they wanted to have somebody do obituaries full time. Uh, I was one of two people out of, I think, maybe a thousand journalists who uh, volunteered for this. Wow. And uh, I got the job.
0: Wow. Sometimes I love your writing. And sometimes when I read the obituaries you've written, it, it feels like you knew that person as a, as a friend. Is that a reflection of the conversations you have with their friends and family? Is it, is it just your writing style? Is it something you've just gotten from practice all these years? What Where does that come from?
1: It really comes from just looking wherever you can. Some people, but my first question is always, uh, did he or she write anything about his life or, or record an oral history or give some interviews where they talked about their lives? So that's the first thing I want, you know, direct from the direct from them. Sure. Uh, but then I also talk to family members, friends, colleagues, anybody I can find. And people come up with interesting stories that illuminate uh, the life. And I often find that, you know, family members later will say, Oh, I was really interested. I didn't know that about him. <laughs> um, so if, when that happens, I feel good about what I've done because I think I've done it through a thorough job of reporting. But I'm also very often frustrated because often you can't find the answers to key questions. The the person hasn't written anything, hasn't really talked much about his life, uh, and you you ask the children, well, now why did your dad go through dental school, but then he became a poet? <laughs> and I said, oh yeah, that's a good question. Uh, well, why did why did he want to go to dental school, and then why did he want to be a poet? Gee, I never thought about that. That's typical. I have to confess, I don't know why my dad became a journalist. I should know that. But I must never have asked him. So that is why I'm always telling people, uh, you ought to write down something about your life or make a recording or do something so that people who care about you uh, and people who may be your ancestors, uh, uh, your descendants uh, two generations from now, uh, can find out a little bit about you, yeah, you're not and just they want a,
0: to know not just a dot on the the family tree. Uh, I want to dig into your book here in a minute, but I, I'm always curious about life lessons. I am fortunate I get to talk to people like you every week and and I learn so much from people. It, I would guess you've picked up a lot of life lessons as you've done this research, as you've looked at people's lives, as you dug in and and found why they became a poet instead of going to to utilize that dental school education. What are some of the life lessons? Are there some that rise to the top for you as you think back?
1: Well, the one that rises to the top uh, probably seems very obvious, but people with positive attitudes seem to do a lot better. I write mainly about people in business. Um, And if you're not optimistic, I think it's pretty hard to succeed in business uh, because if, if you don't feel good about the future and confident in your ability to manage things in bad situations... You're probably not gonna risk anything on a business, right uh, and it's probably that probably goes for things outside of business as well. So that's one thing that always strikes me. uh everybody should know that, I guess, but it helps to be reminded now and then uh of how important it is to have a positive attitude. and of course, it's also very important to be resilient because in most life stories, you'll find that people have run into obstacles, sometimes huge obstacles. And it's the ones who found their ways around those obstacles who succeed.
0: And, and have you seen ways that you've brought that into your life? Like, like, do you remind yourself as you're going through a difficult situation of someone you've written about or, oh, you know what, you know, I'm, this thing I'm going through is a lot like what Sally went through and I, I, I need to follow her lead on this. Have you seen yourself imitating in some subtle ways these people you're writing about?
1: I've certainly been inspired by them, uh, and I, I hope that influences me. Um, I think I have a pretty positive attitude. Uh, even though when I was young, I didn't think the world was coming to an end. Um, I didn't really behave. Uh, I didn't really act on that belief. Uh, you know, I did try to think ahead and invest a bit in myself. So, uh, But I think... Uh, obituaries can be very helpful in inspiring people. And what I would say to people is, you know, people look at the news today and say, it's so depressing. Uh, and it is. But I suggest, you know, after you read all of them about all the horrible things on page one, turn to the obituaries so you can <laughs> cheer up a bit. Because the obituaries typically will tell you stories of people who faced terrible times and then came through it and did well and found happiness, at least to some extent. So
0: I I love that advice because it flies in the face of what people would naturally think. They're like, wait, Bob, you're telling me to go read the obituaries to cheer myself up. Yes. That's exactly what you're saying. If, if
1: definitely people always tell me when they hear I'm an obituary writer, they always say, you know, I kind of like reading obituaries. (laughs) It sounds morbid. I said, no, there's nothing more good
0: about it. I love that. Yeah, I have the attitude that we all need to attend one wedding and one funeral a year to give the hope and the perspective. And as you're talking, I'm thinking maybe I've flipped them, that the perspective comes from the wedding and the hope comes from the end of the story there. So, interesting. Interesting. I'll I'll circle back to that. Uh, Let's jump into your book. So the book, yours truly, an obituaries writer's guide to writing your story, just came out, and it helps the reader effectively look back on their life. Why why is that such an important thing to do? Why 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 look back? Everybody's you know we're recording this as we're going to the new year, and we're talking about next year, and I'm going to do this, and here's my goals, and all that kind of stuff. And you're saying, hold the phones. Let's look back before we look forward. Walk us through that a little bit. Why is that so important?
1: Well, I think we have to think about uh, what were we what were we aiming at, you know, when we grew up, uh, and then compare that with what we're doing now and see, you know, am I on track to do something that I'd like to be remembered for? Um, if you can't think of anything that you'd like to be remembered for uh, that you've done you know, it might be time to reassess your priorities. Um,
0: So this is a, we just published an episode on creating a personal vision. And I hear you saying this is step one, like by writing your story down, whether it's in a short format or a longer format, it forces you to reflect on who have I been? What have I done? What choices have I made? What were the results of those? Is this the life that I'm I thought I would be living or I think I could live? And then from there you can build off of it. Am I am I hearing that correctly?
1: Yeah, I think you know, you want to think about, well, what have I been trying to do? What has been my goal? And how is that working out? And if it's not working out then you know, maybe the goal was wrong, or maybe your your tactics for uh, chasing that goal are wrong. Um, it also uh, thinking about your past and writing about it or talking about it, whatever you want to do, also tends to improve people's mood, according to a lot of psychological studies. You know, of how people tell stories. Um, not for everybody, but for most people, there are some people who really hate to to, uh, think about the past. They're not interested in history, including their own. Uh, But most people are, I think, and most people will find some benefit from thinking about, you know, what they were shooting for, what has happened, uh, why why am I not where I thought I would be, or why am I where I thought I would be? Um, You know, you wanna have that sorted out in your head. And then you, then you can move forward. And Certainly, I wouldn't tell people they should spend all their time thinking about the past.
0: Uh, do you encourage people to do a, a separate version personally versus professionally? And is there a different approach for the person in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 80s, 90s? It, it, does it change a little bit by decade in terms of the way you approach this? Because I, I think the natural, and I'm putting many words in people's mouths here, but the natural thought of, of writing your own obituary from your book is, well, yeah, I'll do that when I'm 87 or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, but I'm hearing, no, 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 no. Like this would be so valuable in your twenties to look back and see where you've come. This could be so valuable as you enter your forties. Can you Mm -hmm. talk us through a little bit of a, the personal versus the professional approach to this? And then B, how might this process change through the various, various decades of life?
1: Yeah, well, that's a great point. You, you should look at it both in terms of your personal life and your professional life. They're probably intertwined in a way, but oh, I hope so. you, should, you should look at both of them uh, and see how both of them are going. Um, and yes, uh, you should do it, you know, frequently, whenever, you're, whenever you can, at least once a year or so. Uh, you know, I think when you're young, you're usually very impatient for things to happen. Um, and so it might be frustrating for you to say, you know uh, Am I achieving my goals? I started out wanting to be a newspaper reporter, but for the first five years or so of my career, I was a copy editor or a news editor, uh, which was a job that uh, you know, taught me a few things, but it, I found it very frustrating. I thought I wanted to be a reporter, I thought it would never happen. Now I look back and I say, well, that's ridiculous. I mean, uh it did happen. I, I had to wait a few years. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's hard in your 20s, I think, to have the perspective to see that just because uh, you're not near to your goal right now means that you might never get there. You've got to just keep plugging away. Um, you know, it, might, it might help you in your 20s to read about other people's experiences and find out how long it took them to get where they wanted to go. Um, When you get into your 30s and 40s and 50s, obviously you've got more experience and perspective. And so you'll probably have a better idea of where you're really going and what's really realistic. Uh, When you get to be my age or in your 70s or 80s, uh, you may feel like, uh, wow, I'm done. (laughs) Uh, It's too late to worry about it. But you're not really. Um, you, you can still improve the narrative at, at any age in your life, and you can still achieve some things that uh, you didn't achieve earlier. You can still try to be a better person.
0: A lot a lot of stuff in there what you just shared. Let me jump on one first because that's a oh, such it's it's so critical. You you mentioned hey when you're in your 70s and 80s you might be like you know what I'm I'm kind of done like I, I whatever I've I'm going to accomplish I'm going to do, I'm going to pursue, I'm going to grow into, it's finished. It's, it's all wrapped. I'm just kind of in the closing segments here. And I hear you saying, going through this process reminds you, you ain't done. And, and especially the, the data on lifespan now, if you live healthy into your 70s, you're very likely going to live to 100 or very close to that. So we're talking another entire career ahead of you career in quotes, maybe you're not doing it for money, but whatever that focus is, Mm -hmm. writing your obituary in your seventies or eighties, it's not, yeah, I I love, uh, run through that with me because I I love what you're saying. And I want to get this out there because we do have listeners that are in their seventies and eighties. And I just want to encourage them. You very well might have 20 or 30 years left to make an impact. Maybe this is the starting point.
1: Yeah. I mean, the first thing I would say is don't think of it as your obituary. Uh, Think of it as your life story. Okay, And it it might be three paragraphs or it might be 200 pages of whatever you want to do. But think about your story and, and what you've done and what you're trying to do. now when my mom was 79 years old, I decided to sit down with her and ask her a bunch of questions about her life. And for her birthday, I wrote up this uh, uh, 50 or 60 page story of her life. You know, I figured she's 79 years old. How much more is going to happen? Well, five years later, (laughs) my mom was a journalist uh, for the Grand Forks Herald in North Dakota, where I grew up, wrote a review of the Olive Garden restaurant um, when it came to Grand Forks, North Dakota. And for some reason this review became went viral on the internet uh people <laughs> smart alex thought that it was funny that this grandmother in north dakota was writing nice things about olive garden how could you do that <laughs> um and she started getting calls from all over uh, and people asking her why she had done this and what she thought of all the people mocking her on the internet and she said you know Um, I've got another column to write today And I got my bridge club I don't have time for (laughs) And with that statement She really went viral And she was invited to go on National TV shows repeatedly Uh, Top Chef uh, uh, You name it All the national talk shows She was on practically Uh, And she met uh, Anthony Bourdain Who liked her attitude And he got her a book contract And this went on and on and on And it's still not really over uh, 10 years later. Uh, So my mom accidentally became famous when she was 85. You never know what's going to happen. Probably for most of us, nothing quite like that will happen, but it shows you that all kinds of things can happen. And so you ought to stay open to them and think of interesting projects.
0: Well, and one of the other things you mentioned about doing this annually I think some people are like, I already got so much stuff to do. But that's the great thing about this process. It's an obituary. It's one page. It's half a page. It's it's a brief summary of the things that you talked about. The What were you trying to do? Why were you trying to do it? And and how did it work out? So it's, mm-hmm. it's a very doable process. You're not asking people to write an encyclopedia. You're asking them to write a page, a couple of pages, et cetera. How does this differ in your mind, from journaling. We've talked a lot about journaling here. We see a huge value in it. Um, talked about how to to make it a, a, a realistic process. Uh, most people, though, will say, I love the idea of journaling, but I don't. Do you see this as a stopgap or a, a great filler for that person that says, yes, I love the idea. I just, okay, so just once a year. Don't worry about the journal. Just once a year, take a few minutes to go through this process.
1: Yeah, I think journaling is a great idea. Writing letters is a great idea, but it's sort of a lost art. But, uh, you know, I wrote letters on once a week for 30 years. I've now got a a stack uh, two feet high of things I sent to my mom. So I, I know what I, what I did long ago and, and some of what I thought. Uh, a journal is an excellent idea. Maybe you write it only a couple times a year. Uh, but I think when something important happens to you uh, or something just really interesting, uh, it's good to write down at least a few notes about what happened and what you thought about it and what you learned from it. So it, it doesn't matter if you write a little or a lot, but I think you should try to preserve your best stories, the most important things, the most interesting things, the most wonderful and the most awful things that happened to you. Uh, Set them down when, while they're still fresh in your memory and th- so you can uh, have that record and uh, be able to uh, assess what's going on in your life and just save some of these stories that have uh, resonance for other people. You know, when something bad happens to you or something good happens to you, you usually learn something from it. Um, and you might think that your children and your friends have heard your story, but they probably only have heard it, you know, and they don't remember all the details. You're the one who has the real story. And if you don't preserve it, it's just going to be gone when you die.
0: Well, and you brought in another very valuable component to this. It's not just the historical piece. It's the, it, it, it's digesting it. It's, I, and I can't remember who said it, but I just jotted this down because you remind me of it. She said, if we think without writing, we only think we're thinking. And that's really what you're talking about is as you write this down, not only is it creating a historical document, documents, a little bit big of a word for this, but a historical history, but you're also processing it. You're also thinking through what did work, what didn't work? How do I want the next year to be more valuable? That's, That's what's so valuable to me in this.
1: Yeah, it it is a historical document. I mean, when when Samuel Pepys wrote down his diary, uh, what, 500 years ago, uh, he was saying down a very valuable record that we still enjoy today and learn from. Uh, Anne Frank, when she wrote down her diary. Now, most of us are not going to have our writing last quite that long. But for all of us, we are experiencing things and learning things that uh, only we know about and it's good to share at least a few of those it's good to keep them for ourselves just so we know what what we did and we kind of chart how we're doing in life and able to remember what we did uh, but it, it's going to be welcome for our friends and families um, and it can be just a little now and then or it can be a lot depending on how much time and inclination you have but I think you also made another good point about the importance of writing it or at least recording it, uh, putting it into words. That does make you think more clearly about it. Um, And I think what you need to do is not only write or record, but then go over it and say, uh, did I really make myself clear here? Does this make sense? Uh, Because otherwise you may look at it or somebody else may look at it in 10 years and they don't know what you're really driving it.
0: So you talked about the positive psychological value for the writer a few minutes ago as a result of going through this process. Can you expand on that a little bit more? You, you, you touched on it. You, you, you talked about how that drives in, but can you build on that a little bit more as a writer? How does that benefit you psychologically?
1: You know, I'm not an expert on these psychological sure, studies. Sure. I've heard about it and read about them. I think part of it is just getting things organized in your mind about what has happened to you. Mm. So you understand them. Sometimes that helps, uh, give you some peace of mind.
0: Yeah, it's uh, a processing,
1: right? Uh, you know, you, you know, maybe something bad happened to you and you feel very resentful towards Joe or Bill or Sally mm-hmm. about it. Uh, but if you really thought it through, uh, what, what happened and why, Uh, You might see that, well, it's also my fault. Um, You might see, well, you know, there was really nothing I could have done about this. I did my best in the circumstances. You can come to terms with what happened to you. And that, I think, helps you uh, shed a bit of the pain and resentment. Um, You've got an explanation for it. Uh, You can sort of... Vary it, uh, but 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 that not completely varied it because you probably learn a valuable lesson, and uh, that might be useful for somebody else. Yeah, that
0: processing piece is huge. Uh, so, in addition to reading your book, how if someone's listening to this and they're like, "I'm I'm doing this," like this is a great idea, I absolutely got to get going on this. In addition to reading your book, what would you suggest for people to get started, to get the ball rolling that first to, to break through the gravity, get off the couch with the pen, the typewriter and get moving forward? The typewriter. Boy, did I date myself there?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not of the of, Yes. Uh, well, I would start with uh, those three questions or, you know, you can end up with your own. But you know, what have I been trying to do? Why? And how's how's it working out? That gives you a starting point. Um and then if you want to know, well, what order should I take to discuss what's happened? Uh, you can always just go with a chronological order and start about thinking about, you know, your, your, where you grew up, uh, how you grew up, what your parents did for a living. Uh, um, what kinds of how did you get the idea to uh, get on this career path or another Um how and why did you meet up with somebody and marry or not get married? So you could you can just do it in chronological order. That's the simplest. But you can really do it in any order. Uh, just following your inclinations. Um, and I think you need to realize that it doesn't matter uh, whether you have a lot of writing skills or no writing skills. You're not worried about the literary yes, value important. of what you're putting down. You're not worried about whether you make some grammatical mistakes or misspellings. Um, you do want to try to be clear. Um, so at some point you might want to ask somebody else to to look at it and say, does this make sense to you? Uh, or, or what I haven't, what haven't I explained. Um, and I, I would say, it's better to do these things in small chunks uh, rather than to sit down and write yeah. for six or eight hours, yeah. which most people are not going to want to do. Sure. Just schedule a time of 15 minutes or so once a week or twice a week uh, at whatever period of the day you're most uh, alert and relaxed. For me, that would be in the morning, just after I've had my coffee. Uh, for other people, it might be sometime else. Uh and just do a little bit at a time and then come back to it. And between those sessions where you're writing, you'll probably be thinking about things and things will bubble to the surface and you'll get other ideas. Um, so it's always good to carry a little notebook or a piece of paper in your pocket. Um, or sometimes I just uh, type emails or to myself on my iPhone. Um,
0: but... Um, or even a digital recorder. I'll, I'll carry one of those yeah. one run a week or out on a walk with the dog. And it's amazing folks. And and the notebook works well too. We had Steve Magnus on talking about that process and that's how he writes all his books essentially. But you know, Bob's telling us the same thing, have that option available, whether it's audio written a note to yourself in your phone, et cetera. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious about this, Process years ago, I took a group of young leaders. Everyone is in their 30s and 40s through a process. I I needed to know you at the time of writing their own obituary, but we wrote it as if we're no longer here. So their 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 process was: you write this obituary as if you're no longer here, and then we literally had someone up front in this. It was a retreat setting. Read it as we sat in the you know in the audience, if you will. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of it was to live our lives, to remind us to live our lives, investing our time in the light of this, you know, end in mind kind of thing. What what do I want to be remembered as? What impact do I want to have? Those kinds of things. Do, Do you see that as another valuable piece to this exercise of reminding us, oh, yeah, I went on a beach vacation and I bought a new car and I did this, but I'm having no impact in this world?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I I do tell people not to think of it as an obituary, but you're right. Sometimes it helps to think of it as your obituary. Uh, as part of writing this book, um, I you know, first I started out just writing my story. Uh, I started out doing that for my kids, uh, and that's what led to the book. Uh, but for the book, I realized, okay, it's good to have a story that might be of interest to your family and friends. Uh, but when you die, there's there's going to be need for something brief that can be put in a newspaper or on the funeral home website or in uh, the booklet at a funeral uh, that just very briefly summarizes your life. And it's going to be hard for your family to do that very well because... They don't know the story as well as you do. And when, when somebody dies, your family is tied up with all kinds of exactly tasks that they have to accomplish in a hurry. So it's ideal if you can write down something brief about your life as well. And so as part of doing my book, I, I wrote something fairly brief about my life. And I was really struck at the time, gee, uh it really sounds like uh, I was really focused on my career and my creature comforts here um so i did try to put in all my volunteer work and uh try to make as much of that as i could but i thought you know really it'd be nice if um i had more to say about what i did to <laughs> this try to is help easier people. yeah um and so that's that's i think a part of the value of writing your own obituary uh but for most for the most part i think people should Forget about the idea of obituaries and just think about I want to preserve some of my best stories because they're going to be of interest to my children or my friends or somebody. Absolutely. Um, as we get older, we we usually uh, make arrangements for what's going to happen to our money and our real estate after we die. Uh, but why not do the same for our stories, because once those stories are once we die and if we haven't recorded those stories they're just gone there's no way to retrieve it yeah yeah
0: absolutely two more uh one looking outward one I'm, I'm going to ask you to look inward a little bit but are, are there some people throughout history for whom you would have liked to write their
1: obituary well um, almost anybody you know especially uh Many of the most interesting and famous people, you know I, I would like to have written Jane Austen's obituary, but only only if I had some insight. you know, in her case, not that much is known about her life. Huh. Uh, even she's such a beloved author, but uh, her sisters burned her letters, and she didn't write about her own life. She apparently didn't talk that much about it. So I would really love to know, you know what she thought of her life and her books and her success. Um, and I can say that for just about any famous person in the past. Now, some people did write their stories. Uh, President Grant, uh, he had resisted the idea of writing anything about his life. But then late in his life, uh, he uh, got into debt and he really needed the money. And so he wrote an autobiography and it turned out to be an excellent one that people are still reading. And if he hadn't done that, uh, it would be much harder today for people to understand uh, his life.
0: Maybe maybe that's your next book his obituaries over the over the centuries.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are those people who did try to explain themselves and those who didn't. Yeah, um, yeah we don't know much about Shakespeare really. Some people don't even know which which plays he wrote. Yeah. You know, it would be great if he had to help us out a bit on that. I guess he was too
0: busy. <laughs> he had a few things going on. All right, last one, my friend. Uh, are there things that you've uncovered, revealed, uh, whatever you might call it, in your own life from going through this process? As you've written, and I'm sure you've done this a few times in your life, where you've written your obituary. I know the the big one the article that spurred this, this book itself a few years ago. But are there things that you revealed – or understood or were motivated to, you mentioned more volunteer work. Can you take us one layer deeper into things that you've discovered through this process in your own life?
1: Uh, That's a tough question. Uh, I've done this so gradually uh, and uh, I'm still only about halfway through trying to write my own story because I... You know, I wrote about writing my own story, and then that led to an article in a book. And now I've got to get back to finishing my story. Um, I guess, I mean, I discovered that some things are difficult to explain uh, to other people. You know, I was uh, married very young, and then divorced, uh, and all kinds of things happened uh, during that period, and when I came, when it came to trying to write about that, I had a hard time. I'm still having a hard time deciding, um, exactly how much I should reveal about yeah. what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, much I'm willing to reveal, um, and what it means and, and why I did the things I did. What else have I learned? Uh you know you learn that there are some things some gaps in your memory you really re- learn the, that uh some things you remember wrong um uh, in in my case uh i found there were some stories i'd been telling for years that weren't quite accurate and mm-hmm. i could i was fortunate to, enough to be able to go back and read letters that i wrote 30 40 years ago and see that oh it wasn't quite like that so and not 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 everybody can go back and look at letters but I think one thing that'd be worth doing if you're trying to write about your own life and explain certain things is if you can talk to somebody who was there, you know, a brother, or a sister, or a friend, uh, about how they remember it, that could be helpful. Yeah. You have to acknowledge, I think whenever you're writing about yourself, that, um, it's not going to be a hundred percent accurate, uh, Just because you don't remember everything correctly, and maybe you don't want to remember certain things, and so you uh, sort of glide over them. Uh, And I don't think people should feel that they have to confess all of their sins uh, if they're writing about their lives. I think it's important to uh, talk about some of your failures and try to explain them, Uh, but you don't have to. Bear everything, and in, in some cases, it might be unhelpful for you to do that because it might hurt other people as sure. well. So you have to think about what to include.
0: You remind me of the quote: "The older I get, the better I was." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, this yeah. Was- but that, yeah,
1: that is, It can be humbling, I think, to to go back and write your story because you realize that you did a lot of dumb things. Um, and you you failed to do things that you should have done uh, so it might be might really be helpful in giving you more perspective you know it's, I think when I'm dealing with my kids who are 19 and 22 uh, I have to constantly remind myself that yeah well at that age actually I didn't listen to my dad either um, and I did a lot of stupid things and Uh, I ignore this advice and that advice. So it's good to go back and think about those things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Bob, this is awesome. Uh, I'm excited about your book. You're having an impact out there. And I look forward to continuing to read your obituaries every week.
1: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the chance to talk to you.
0: Thanks for tuning into the number one podcast for health and wellness coaching. And thanks for allowing us to be a part of your week as we look to write a story that improves with each passing day. Our next MBHWC approved coach certification cohort officially kicks off in April, but if you register now, you can get started on all of the on-demand components in advance if you'd like. And for those who are already coaches, don't miss out on getting your spot reserved for the Rocky Mountain Coaching Retreat and Symposium in Estes Park, Colorado. It's the only retreat symposium devoted specifically to health and wellness coaches. All the details, CatalystCoachingInstitute.com. That's CatalystCoachingInstitute.com. Or reach out anytime. Results at CatalystCoachingInstitute.com or the phone number 720-339-4292. And now it's time to be a Catalyst. This is Dr. Brad Cooper of the Catalyst Coaching Institute. Make it a great rest of your week. And I'll speak with you soon on the next episode of the Catalyst 360 podcast or maybe over on the YouTube coaching channel.